And now, on with the show. Which Halloween Town did you say was your favorite? Probably the sixth installment of the Halloween Town um, franchise. Epic, I would call it. Would you call it a franchise? <laughs> I mean, a dynasty. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a dynasty at this point. I mean, Halloween Town High is probably the highest it gets. That's probably that might even beat out one. That's pinnacle Halloween Town. Good to know. Okay, I really, just because I get really high to watch it. Nice. Halloween Town High. You get it? I get uh, it. Like marijuana. Sure. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> okay, but in all seriousness. You're not out there doing lines and watching Halloween Town. There's only four Halloween Town movies, you guys. Oh, oh, there's only four? Yeah. This fucking guy, he doesn't know shit about Halloween Town. Halloween uh, Town. Halloween Town me. 2. Calabar Halloween Revenge, Town fraud. Halloween Town High and Return to Halloween Town. The fourth and final film in the series released in 2006. You don't know fucking shit about Halloween Town. Get out of here. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Weekend Watch, uh, a production of the Three Guys One Up Podcast Network. This is our show where we talk about dumb shit like Halloween Towns 1 through 6, and David uh, talks about things he doesn't know anything about. Um, I'm just kidding. We give you recommendations for what to watch uh, on your favorite streaming services this weekend. We are going to kick off another theme week this week. Um, Again, we're not going to do this every week, but a couple in a row seems like pretty reasonable. So this week we're going to how we feel like it. Yeah, that's true. Whenever we feel like it listeners, this is our podcast. You don't tell us what to do. (laughs) So this week we're uh, focusing on animation. Um, our rules for the theme weeks are each one of us has to pick at least one uh, of our recommendations that is on theme. Somehow this week, I think we managed all six uh, fit the theme. So uh, we're just going to kick right in. Uh, the first film I'm going to talk about is a real fucking downer. This is the 1988 Japanese film Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to explain this movie other than watch it once and then never watch it or think about it again because it's an absolute gut punch of a film. Uh, It follows a young brother and sister in the immediate aftermath of, or the immediate wake of world war two as Japan in the final days of the war as Japan's losing. Uh, It follows them trying to survive fire bombings in, in all these, in in the town that they live in uh, all the way up through the, the nuclear explosions that ended the war and the immediate aftermath of that. Um, I said it's about a, a teenager, a young boy uh, caring for his far younger sister. I would say she's what, five or six in the film, something like that. I mean, yeah, it, if that. Yeah, maybe even. Uh, so it's all about these, these two kids trying to, one, survive, and two, trying to in- enjoy whatever they can in this this horrible post nuclear dystopia that was, you know, Japan in the immediate aftermath of, of, of the bombs. Um, like I said, it, it is uh, highly emotional. Uh, it will, it will kick you in the nuts, drop you on the floor, and then it won't stop kicking for another hour and a half. Uh, on the bright side, it does have a 100% critic rating on rotten tomatoes and a 95% audience score. So it is a good movie. 
but uh, don't watch it more than once. Keith, you you you've watched this, right? Yeah, I've definitely watched this. I love Studio Ghibli, and um, interestingly enough, before I get into it, this this is one Studio Ghibli that is not part of the HBO collection. This is on Hulu, like you said, right? Um, <laughs> Actually, I might not have said because I'm so good at this. Professional. Uh, <laughs> But that this this is not actually this is not a, a Miyazaki film. It is Studio Ghibli, but it is not directed or, or written by Miyazaki. Um, Studio Ghibli did not own the distributing rights, so this one is not on HBO. If, if just so you guys know, and yeah, this this is a rough rough movie. Um, beautiful, it is gorgeous. The animation is is gorgeous. The characters are great. Um, as much as I love subbed um, translations, I, I, I prefer my my anime to be subbed rather than dubbed. The dub of this is actually very good. It's so, super professional, yeah. So I I like both of them. Uh, the 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 dub is great, and I, I yeah I I would like to say I love this movie, but you can't because it just hurts. This this whole movie hurts. It's really hard to find a happy part of this movie, even though the characters are trying their damnedest to to capture a glimpse of happiness themselves. It's really, really a rough one, but it, it is a great film. I think, um, honestly, I think this movie should be required viewing in a uh, in a nuclear world because it 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 really gives you a a whole new perspective on on the consequences of of nuclear warfare. Yeah. This is a, a movie of the children of war. You know, this is a glimpse into that. It, it, it's really interesting. Studio Ghibli does this a lot with their animation, uh, at their animated films where this, this could have been a live action and a major blockbuster film. You know, studio Ghibli likes to do that where it, it's not just an anime. It is, it's a fucking production. And this one, this one is, a lot more realistic. It's a lot less off the wall, spirity, wacky that Studio Ghibli can do. This one really hits real world. And this could have been a live action movie um, and maybe even been more devastating. Maybe it was a, a good idea to leave it as an animation. Yeah, I um, I think animation was, was a very good medium to choose for this particular story. Uh, like you said, it, it probably would have been just as impactful being live action, but I think it becomes more accessible being animated outside of Japan. Right. I agree. And like you said, I, I think this is a must watch in a nuclear world because it, it gives great insight into what these families had to go through. It's also very much a product of the cold war era. I think, um, you know, the eighties had a, a very big resurgence in, uh, you know, anti-nuclear, uh, anti-nuclear bomb anyway. Um, movements i guess would be the right word um a lot of protests around that and uh i think that making a movie set in you know at the very beginning of this era uh, really spoke to people as to you know the current political climate of the time as well yeah for sure so check out grave of the fireflies um on hulu and then try to forget it and don't watch it ever again yeah so let's move for on. a little while yeah, right. Yeah, have a good cry. If you want a good cry, watch this movie. Uh, so we're going to move on. I think our next animated recommendation will be from David. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw a softball. Moana. Moana's gorgeous. Seriously, this movie. I know it's, I mean, this, what do you say about that? We, we've had this discussion before. It's hard to recommend things from Disney Plus because it's fucking Disney Plus and everything that they produce is this big blockbuster production. I mean, the just looking at the the cast on this, Dwayne Johnson, Jermaine Clement, this, the, the um, damn it. What, what's the guy's name? He played Boba Fett. Uh, Tamura Morrison. Alan Tudyk, there's so many huge names in this, and and it was, um, I honestly I think uh, maybe not the most in depth exploration of uh, myth the the myths of these Pacific Island people, but uh, it's a nice little introduction. Um, it follows an adventurous teenager who sails out on a daring mission to save her people. During her journey, Moana meets the once mighty demigod Maui, played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, uh, who guides her in her quest to become a master wayfinder. Together, they sail across the open ocean on an action-packed voyage, encountering enormous monsters and impossible odds. Um, it's a fantastic adventure. It's filled with really great music, um, and it, it's gorgeous. The animation's really fantastic. Yeah, uh, I I think everyone loves this movie, right? Um... I don't see any issue with, like you said, making an introduction to a culture, to a, a mythos that is up until this movie, like almost completely unknown. Ignored. Yeah. Right. Ignored, unknown. Well, not, un, not represented at all. Um, right. It's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I was a big fan of, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the flight of the Concords guy who played Jermaine Clement. Uh, Jermaine Clement. Is that that was his name, right? Yeah. Uh, who did was it Tomatoa the the crab? Yeah, yeah. That that song is one of the best in in the. Whole it's fantastic. Movie. It is. I I have that song in my head just sort of randomly from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's a it, the whole it's and it's visually stunning. That whole uh, scene where where Tomatoa is singing about uh, you know just his vanity is gorgeous. Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> yeah, this it really is, is this is peak Pixar. Like they did, they did a really great job of animating this, and it's also it wasn't I, Pixar; I, it was Disney Animation. Oh, Disney Animation. Okay, uh, it, well, whoever did it, it was it was spot on. It was fucking gorgeous, and the music as well is is probably some of the best in in modern Disney, in in my opinion. You know, I think even. Lynn Miranda uh, from from Hamilton. Uh, I think he had his hands in a couple of these songs. They had big time songwriters and and crafters working on this stuff to come up with different time signatures, different ways to to use the words. And it really shows in in some of Moana's songs the way she's bouncing and and flowing through the song. They really outdid themselves with some of this music. It was really really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh- I do like how we spent a good deal of time talking about how Keith, you would never recommend Moana because everyone's seen it. <laughs> and then David drops in with, uh, I'm going to recommend Moana. You know, and look, okay. It maybe it's a cheap recommendation, but there is another reason why I like this movie. And that is, I mean, drugs, take some drugs and watch this movie. It's one of my favorite movies to watch while tripping on acid. Shh. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really it's citric acid. It's, it, 
just <laughs> David likes to eat oranges yeah. while watching Moana. It's yeah, they they're super tasty. But it's a very tropical a tropical thing for him. It is. He puts on his Hawaiian shirts, eats an orange, and watches <laughs> Moana. Not not every. We, we don't endorse illegal drugs here at at no, Guys Moana Podcast Network. Eat your oranges though. <laughs> How else are you going to avoid scurvy? <laughs> not every not every movie that Disney puts out is as visually stunning as this one, and I think that is one of the reasons why it's my favorite. Perfect, David. Do you have anything else you want to tell the three people who haven't seen Moana about to about it? Uh, watch it while watch tripping it. balls. Well, on oranges. <laughs> Keith, that's me. Uh, first up, I guess I will go with. My Studio Ghibli pick. If we're doing animation, it's really hard for me to not pick this movie. It has it, it's a special place in my heart. It's a this one is actually created by Miyazaki. It is called Princess Mononoke, and I'm pretty sure both of you guys have seen this movie. This one is is pretty widely known as well. If you haven't seen it, it's on HBO Max. Go watch it. It's a fantastic film. Um, it's it's got that Miyazaki vibe to it. It's a little surreal. It it follows um, a couple of different characters and a couple of different lights, and and it plays off of industrializ- uh, industrialization and and the overtaking of that in in some of nature and stuff. And there's some really great themes to this, with also sticking to a really great story and having great characters. Um, the dubbed version also has. Uh, voices of Claire Danes and Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, there's some uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. There's some really good voice actors that that dubbed this one. So this is another one that is great subbed, but also has a fantastic dub. So either way you swing it, this is a great film to watch. Um, there's not much else I can say about this one. This is one of the most beautifully animated movies that I can think of. Uh, the animation itself is just stunning like anything out of studio ghibli so i can't recommend it enough yeah um i think this is probably my favorite studio ghibli film or at least miyazaki film right um it the fact that it is such a completely out of this world fantasy epic is is my my favorite thing about it i think um like it's got this completely different mythos that really brings you it really pulls you into this world um something that he didn't do a whole lot. You know, a lot of his movies are very grounded in some sense of reality, right? You know, uh, yeah. spirited away, right? Starts with the family on the road trip. Yeah. Um, my neighbor Totoro is the family out in the rural areas. And and then he throws in a fantastical element or, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, but this one is just, yeah. Right. This one is just, um, like I said, it's completely wholly different feeling fantasy realm that I, I really loved. Yeah, he went all out with this one and just world built. Like he he did his own thing. Didn't structure it off of uh, and and there like I said there are ties to to Japan and and the industrial age and stuff like that. So he he obviously is going to use some of these real real world themes, but the world itself is a full-blown creation of his own. Right. The way he uses the gods and the demons and stuff is just fantastic. This is a a really well-written and like I said, beautifully animated story. Yeah. High recommend for me. 93%. David, David, you critic. haven't seen this, have you? Um, I have seen it, but it, it's 
been a long time and I am not it's not that I'm not a fan of these movies it's that I'm not like oh my god super fanboy about it so I, I didn't like absorb myself into it and I need to watch it again it's definitely worth a revisit because it is a gorgeous movie um and funny enough I'm reading through the Wikipedia page here it was dubbed into English with a script by Neil Gaiman yeah that's interesting yeah yeah in like um 97 or something like that I don't even remember but this yeah this is a like like Spencer said probably one of if not my favorite Studio Ghibli or Miyazaki film this one is just it it holds a special place in my heart I've I've watched this a lot throughout the years and it's just a great film and I i Really think if you haven't seen this to, to to give it a shot. It's on HBO Max. Go check it out as soon as you can. Definitely worth a revisit. I know my girlfriend is very, very much into Miyazaki movies and Studio Ghibli in general, but specifically Miyazaki. So I I mean definitely score some brownie points with her if we am like, hey, let's watch Princess Mononoke. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yeah. Right on. Uh, so check out Princess Mononoke streaming now on HBO Max. It takes us to our second round of recommendations. I'll lead this one off with uh, what I think was a pretty overlooked movie. Uh, 2011's Rango uh, stars Johnny Depp, um, Isla Fisher, Abigail Breslin, Ned Beatty. It's got a nice cast. Um follows a chameleon played by Johnny Depp who has lived as a sheltered family pet finds himself in the grip of an identity crisis. Ringo wonders how to stand out when it is in his nature to blend in. When he accidentally winds up in a frontier town called Dirt, he takes the first step on a transformational journey as the town's new sheriff. Though at first Ringo only role plays, a series of thrilling situations and outrageous encounters forces him to become a real hero. This is a fucking weird movie. This is a weird, weird movie, but it's endearing. It really is. Now, I've never, I've never done oranges, David, but um, <laughs> this movie to me feels like an orange trip. Uh, it is really strange. There's some really surreal moments. Um, some scenes that feel, some, yeah, some, yeah. It, it, a lot of this movie feels like an absolute acid trip. Citric um, acid trip. A citric acid trip. Thank you. An orange trip. Um, <laughs> It, like I said, it's a very surreal movie, which makes sense coming from Gore Verbinski, who was the director. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's a it, it's a hero's tale, a coming of a coming into your own hero's tale about a like I said, a, a sheltered chameleon family pet who winds up in a little frontier town filled with other desert dwelling animals. Uh, check it out. I don't know how else to explain it other than. This one defies explanation and everyone should check it out at least once. This one surprised me because I didn't really know what I was getting into. You know, this, when did this come out? Like 2011 or something like that. So there were some other big animated movies coming out around the same time as this. I I can't think of which ones off the top of my head, but I do remember that they were a little more cookie cutter, a little more fun loving, a little more Disney. And I went into to this one and watch Rango and it kind of flipped my lid uh, in the time of what to expect out of, out of an animated movie of this kind. It's almost like watching Shrek for the first time, you know, that was in the height of your toy stories and you like, your very run of the mill Disney movies. And that one came in from DreamWorks and 
wipe the slate clean of what you thought of. And this one kind of did that in the same way, but in a much weirder way. It yeah. was it was just an odd movie, but I like I said, very endearing and very enjoyable. That so creepy it, little possum girl is very creepy. Yeah, she is pretty fucking creepy, right? <laughs> um but you make a good point because it's it's very much a I mean, it's rated PG. Like, it's not an adult animation film, but I think the movie is lost on kids. Uh, very much a lot of adult themes. Like, and I'm not talking, you know, it's not sexual or anything like that. But it, I mean, it deals with with you know themes of of capitalism and and you know growing into your own and and I said this these you know themes about uh, crime and punishment and stuff like that and a lot of these themes that are are much better understood by an adult audience wrapped up in this animated movie about tiny little critters. Yeah. I need to, I need to hate on something really quick. Um, so just the Google results for Rango, it's got the people also ask one of the questions is, is Rango based on a true story? God damn it. <laughs> I mean, obviously <laughs> I don't, I don't understand people, man. <laughs> yeah i'm not entirely sure what to make of that but you don't get it fuck <laughs> if you've ever googled whether rango is based on a true story in your lifetime sterilize yourself please yeah <laughs> never procreate do another bump of meth <laughs> <laughs> wait i thought we didn't advocate for drug use oh yeah i, I was gonna go with something more along the lines of you know you, <laughs> Ask your mom to order you some more crayons. <laughs> no, just eat them. Write a book, write a report. <laughs> uh, anyway, Rango's got an 88% critic rating, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, 69% audience score, nice. and is currently streaming on Hulu. Nice. Uh, so check out Rango. Uh, let's move on. David. Spencer. Uh, my second recommendation this week <laughs> is... <laughs> what? It's a... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Bojack Horseman on Netflix. Um, this is probably one of Netflix's more popular shows, so I most people should know what this is. But if you haven't seen it, um, this is uh, it. It gets pretty real. Uh, okay, so the series is set in an alternate world where humans and anthropomorphic animals live side by side, taking place mostly in Hollywood, uh, later known as Hollywood after the D uh, is stolen and destroyed. Um, Bojack Horseman is the washed-up star of the 1990s sitcom Horsin' Around, which centered around a young bachelor horse trying to raise three human children who had been orphaned. This goes on. The whole point, uh, it, the whole show sort of centers around this really washed-up TV actor who is uh, just wallowing in severe depression and is completely enabled by, I mean, he's he's Narcissism. fairly wealthy. Yeah. Everyone narcissism too yeah <laughs> he's he's a pretty severe narcissist on top of being just terribly depressed um but it is it's this ridiculously comical look at what depression actually is um and and kind of high, like it's very entertaining to watch bojack horseman go through a situation recognize the right choice and then make the complete fucking opposite terrible choice in in any given situation he's presented with. Um, there's there were multiple times in this show that just just watching Will Arnett um, just be raw as this terribly depressed uh, giant anthropomorphized horse. 
Um, it's like yeah. a more depressed Archer. Like, yeah, Archer does the same thing where he'll like he'll he'll almost get it, and then he does the complete wrong thing. But it is in a much more comical way, or a much more fun-loving way, I guess I should say, than what Bojack dives into because it's some dark shit. It gets real, like you said. And, he's so fucking dark sometimes. And, and I can see where this show might rub people the wrong way because of it, but it's it's worth a watch. It is just a great show. It is a fantastic show. Um, frankly, I think it's the modern-day equivalent of Grave of the Fireflies in that uh, <laughs> I can only stomach a couple at one or two episodes at a time uh, because otherwise I'll just have a terrible, no-good, rotten-bad day. It's, yeah, it dude. is a good cure for that that itch to binge because you get three episodes in and it's like, nah, I don't need to binge anymore. I'm going to do some fucking dishes or something. Yeah, I gotta get the fuck out of the house. Now. Life. You start feeling bad about yourself because Bojack's <laughs> such a fuck up and you're like, man, I've done that before. Yeah. Well, and that's the issue, right? Because it's not just the depression. It deals with so many other themes, uh, you know, addiction, the depression, the, the self-destruction, the narcissism, the, you know, failing of relationships, uh, the selfishness, the being a bad friend, all these things are wrapped up into this show. And there's something in there for everyone to look at and say, Oh shit, is that me? Yeah. And despite these characters being all animals, you just like relate to them on very human levels, you know? Yeah. Uh, it is probably the realest show, uh, the, the show that touches on humanity most, uh, that I've probably ever seen. Um, that being said, it's also fucking For, hilarious. It's witty. The there's a lot of the humor in this show is 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 top notch. It can't be beat. Yeah, it's it's a great show. I mean, top notch cast too. The yeah, cast the, is just phenomenal. There's so many amazing comedians in this show. Amy Sedaris, Ali, Allison Brie, Paul F. Tompkins is probably one of my favorite comedians. <laughs> he's he's ridiculously funny, and Mr. Peanut Butter is. This oddly, he he comes off and he comes off as stupid and vapid, and that's why he's happy. But he's like, again, has these very real moments where it's like, no, I'm just just a show, man. Anyway, it, this is definitely a, a must watch if you uh, struggle with depression, and maybe must watch in meter doses if you struggle with depression. It might get too real. That's for sure. <laughs> So uh, check out BoJack Horseman streaming on Netflix. I believe it is come to its conclusion. There will be no more new episodes and it wraps up really well. Yeah, this is a good tidy one to watch. Like I said, it's hard to binge, but it is it is really good to just keep going back to. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on before we all get even more depressed. Um, Keith. All right. My final rec is uh, is a less depressing show it is a show called samurai champloo this is one of my favorite animes it's pretty cliche i guess um but this one i don't know i call me old school i i like trigun and samurai champloo i mean it, is it is it less depressing slightly so my heart <laughs> the, end that, the end of that show is pretty rough of which one samurai champloo yeah yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's it's the like maybe the bulk of the show is less depressing than the like bulk I said. Of... It, this one's less depressing, but it's not, it's, it's not it's still depressing. depressing. <laughs> uh, this this is a a great show. It follows uh, it the way it's structured from the first episode is 
these three characters just kind of stumble on each other. None of them really like each other that much. You got Fu. She's 15. Um, she's trying to find the, uh, the samurai who smells of sunflowers. So she's trying to, to escape her life to find this, this samurai. Uh, Mugen is a brash vagabond who's 19. He's lewd and vulgar and he's a piece of shit. He f- he's fights with a very unorthodox style of samurai fighting and he's really good at it and he he's really rude about it. And then you got Jin who's 20 and he's a ronin. He is very stoic. He's very traditional samurai and that he and Mugen butt heads constantly. They're both kind of always chasing after Fu, who's also always kind of saving their asses. And this is, it's just a, a wild ass show of these three characters trying to find the samurai who smells of sunflowers. And it is, it's a wild ride. It, it is well worth the, the little bit. It's, it's not even that long. I don't think it ran for that long. Maybe two seasons. The second season was only nine episodes. Yeah, I, it's gorgeous. I think it's it's very well animated. the The plot is enrapturing. It's I mean it's really, and and the music, the hip hop in it is fantastic. Yeah, is they've got the scratching and stuff. That they've got this modern feel to this old Edo style Japan, and it's yeah really cool. It gives it a very very cool atmosphere, and this is another one of those shows that wraps up nicely. You know, there's not a lot of animes that just drag on and drag on and drag on. This is one that tells its story and wraps it up in a nice, neat, if depressing way. That's that's the great thing about the manga style, I think, is they're writing it and portraying it into a show, so they always wrap it up nicely. Some of some animes can drag on for years and years and years, Naruto, but um Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's usually a, a really great conclusion to it. I don't know. Dragon Ball just kept doing different shit, but there's still nice little ni- neat conclusions to each iteration of Dragon Ball. So I, that's one thing I, I like about the manga and the anime style is they tend to do that a lot. Another reason why Trigun is one of my favorites too is it has great characters, great start, great build, and a great ending. And Samurai Champloo is is one of the greats too. You'll grow to love all of these characters, they're fucking fantastic. Like David said, the music is great. Um, yeah, this is this is a great ride. This is on uh, Hulu, and I uh, I think it's it's one of the most well received anime. If you're skeptical of of being a weeb or whatever, this is a great introduction into some some really good anime. Eighty eight percent critic review, ninety five percent audience review. Go check it out. It's worth a watch. And where is this streaming again? Hulu. Hulu. Bro, he said that. He did. I just missed it. So check out Samurai Shampoo streaming now on Hulu. A lot of Hulu today. Bunch of Hulu. So uh, that wraps up our recommendations for the week. Um, Finally, we like to end each episode with a warning, something not to watch. Don't waste your time watching the thing we're about to tell you not to watch because it's bad and, and no one wants to waste their time, their precious free time. Uh, watching something that shitty. So, what do we have this week? Uh, I don't remember. You picked it. What was it? It was something bad. Oh, uh... <laughs> you said it wasn't even that bad. It was just kind of boring. 
That's right. So uh, yeah, this Solar Opposites. Solar Opposites, a new show on Hulu of all places. A spinoff Sorry, of Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's not even a spinoff. It's just made by, was it Justin Roiland? Yeah. yeah. the One of the creators of Rick and Morty. Um, and It's definitely got a bit of that feel to it, but I just felt like it was flat, man. It just never really picked up and gained much traction for me to really want to care about it. Yeah, so it's about these aliens who get stranded on Earth and have to try to adapt to being aliens in America. And I don't know, like you said, it didn't grab me. Everything felt, I don't know, it felt forced. I just didn't enjoy it. It wasn't terrible, but it just wasn't good. I got some laughs, but I don't know. There's, especially with our whole list of, of great animation shows and movies that we had today, this this one is just on that backside. There's not, nothing really great about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if it's even going to get another season. I haven't heard anything about it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of Rick and Morty fanboys out there who, who want more, but I'm not one of them. Um, yeah, I just didn't like it. Don't watch it. It's not worth eight episodes of your time. And, yep, uh, and skip yeah, that one. Yeah, skip it. Skip it. Skip that poop. No poop for no you. No poop. So uh, that wraps it up. I think that's it for the week. Anybody have anything else good for the order? Nope, that's it for me. The first order? Don't don't go there. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Man- <laughs> Mandalorian's happening this month. Yeah, exciting. We're a few weeks away from season two of the Mandalorian. That's exciting. That's super exciting. Really exciting. Dibs dibs on recommending that. Fuck you. What if it's not good? You're just going to like pre pre recommend something. You don't even know. That's right. We're going to recommend it next week, two weeks before it even comes out. Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to put my integrity on the line, David. It's going to be good. You have integrity. I try to pretend I do. First episode will make you cream your britches. Oh man. So that wraps it up. Uh, That's it for us. You can check us out on all the places like Twitter, uh, Facebook, our website, three guys, one up.com number three and number one. Um, come and check out our discord. Come and chat with us. Tell us, uh, give us some, give us some theme idea recommendations. Uh, I'm running out of them. I, all I had was horror and animation. That's it. I got nothing else. So we you, need recommendations. You're putting too much on yourself, man. This is October. We could have done the whole month of nothing but horror. Uh, nobody's going to listen to five weeks of horror movies. I mean, I would, but we don't want to alienate our already limited viewership <laughs> listenership or our, our fan base that's right fan base they will watch what we fucking tell them to watch so so check us out like i said twitter facebook discord website uh all that stuff check out our other show on the three guys one up podcast network three guys one up where we talk about video games video game news tech news all that kind of stuff um Damn. And I think that'll about wrap it up. Uh, we will see you guys next week. We, I believe we do not have a theme for next week. So we'll be back to our normal talking about a little bit of everything. Um, I'm, I'm going to have a theme. I'm going to surprise you. I'm gonna you have, have a, a surprise theme. Okay. Uh, if, if, if one of them is not up, Gangs yeah. of New York, I'm going to kick you off the show. That'll be my theme. Bad movies. Why <laughs> <laughs> did you watch it? <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.